Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it No Deanna speak that shit that everybody vouches Ain't no more excuses valid, get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant Yo, 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 welcome back to the greatest show on earth, the Million of Monsters Podcast. I am your host, Xavier, and today I got a live, amazing, amazing episode for y'all, man. We've, we've been gone for about a couple weeks now, so we had to come back with some heat for y'all. And I got a gentleman that's in a government contract, and he's killing it. He's going crazy. He has so much information and so many things that he could teach us as the listeners and the watchers. So this is definitely an episode that y'all need to share, like, comment, do all those things, because this is going to be a very valuable episode, and his name is Fox Wade. Welcome to the show, brother. Glad to have hey, you here. I, I appreciate you for having me on. Thank you so much. No problem, man. And let's get right into it. So for the listeners and the watchers who this may be their first time seeing you, hearing of you, do you mind just giving some brief background on yourself let them know let the people know who you are yeah no doubt no doubt so uh my name is fox wade um i hail from flint michigan uh was in the military from the age of 18 all the way up until well from 2000 to 2014 uh was met was medically discharged because i was injured in western iraq uh served four tours to iraq one tour to afghanistan one tour to indonesia malaysia the Philippines, the Maldives, everywhere over there, right? And then once I got out the military, um, you know, me and my family relocated from, uh, which is called Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Now it's called uh, Fort Liberty now. They changed the name to all the bases. Um, uh, relocated from there, went to Atlanta, Georgia, and um, started doing some government contracting work for Georgia Department of Health, and then relocated from Atlanta to the Washington, D.C. area and worked at FEMA. Uh, once working at FEMA, I was in charge of about $126 million of contracts and grants. And then one day, an opportunity came across my desk to where I had to award a grant to a firm that was putting in uh, smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors in low-income family homes. <laughs> when I saw that, I said, wait a minute, y'all paying me eighty-five grand a year. I need to do something different. And that's when I broke out and started my own company called Black Fox. Mm. So let's take it back. Like being in the military, you said you was you was medically discharged. So you did fourteen years. So when you on your way out, what was that journey like? Because I know, um, like we were just talking before the show started. I know that journey could be rocky for some people. Did you know exactly what you was going to do when you got out? I had no idea. I had no idea what I was going to do because one thing I did when I came in is that I said I was going to do twenty. I was already sold. 18 years, I was like, I'm doing 20 years. It was close. Uh, I mean, I was a song first class, about to get promoted, you know, and I was like, yeah, it's probably time for me to go. So when I medically retired, I didn't know what I was going to do. But what I did is that when I knew I was going to medically retire, I took that last year for myself. I mean, my leadership, they were kind of upset with me, but I did. I took that last year for myself. I uh, finished up my MBA, you know, took some certifications. I was just trying to prepare myself for the working world. What do you mean when you say it took the last year for yourself? So like you, so I knew that I was going to get medically retired from the military. So they already had gave me my orders date when I was going to get out, right. which was September 4th, 2014. Right. Well, they gave me that information in October of 2013. So I already knew I was getting out already. So I said, you know what? I, I I don't put me on any more assignments. Let me take this last year, focus on me and my family, so that way I can have a smooth transition. And which branch were you again? Army. Army. Mm, that's interesting, man. So, I'm I'm asking because I was medically retired too, so I know how that 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 process it could be very strenuous. It's, mm -hmm. um, it's not a overnight process as many may think it is. <laughs> it's like it took me 18 months. It, all the, all the medical appointments, right? Yeah. All that crap. Yeah. All just appointments after appointments after, and just waiting. Like what they say in the military, hurry up and wait. That's yeah. all, that's all that's all it was doing. So I want to ask you because um I know I want to I want to get into this because I'm saying this on your ground. You got a, a $30 million government contract. So I want to talk about how was you able to do that? Because that's something that's big. Anybody in government contract, that's something that they, obviously, they're going to strive to get contracts similar to that. It, the, the crazy part about that contract, that is our largest contract um, that we've inked in the history of, our, of, of the company. And, and I've been around since 2018, so five years. But it was the easiest contract that I've ever responded to. 
It was the easiest one. I literally did that in four hours. I I built the response myself in four hours and turned it in. And I'm gonna break it all down for you, right? So you have multiple levels of government. You have federal government, you have state level, you have your local government, which is your county and your city or your village or wherever you live. And then you have quasi government. These are government agencies that, that cross, they cross multiple jurisdictions. And I'm going to pull it back just a little bit because I don't want to get too technical. But for example, right, if you have like a, um, in, in Atlanta, we have the martyr, the martyr rail, right? The train system. Well, the train system crosses multiple co uh, counties. So they're funded by multiple counties. So that's what we call quasi. So each one has their own complexities, but this contract is a uh, local government, uh, Baltimore County Public Schools. And the government tells you what they want. And in the instructions, all they wanted me to do is fill out eight forms. That's it. Company name, company information, how to get in contact with me. But the biggest part about it is that how much is it going to cost for us to help them solve their problem? Hmm. So what kind of contract was this? Uh, this is a staff augmentation contract. So we supply uh, information technology uh, resources slash positions to them. So, for example, right now uh, we just submitted uh, two uh, two positions on the contract. So the 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 government understands that money has to get recirculated back into the local economy, right? Yep. So they got their budget. Yep. They're like, "Cool, we got our hundred million dollar budget for the year. We have all these contracts. Uh, we can facilitate it through um, the private industry, private companies to be able to supply these people." And so um, on this contract, they need help desk people. <coughs> they need network engineers they need all type of different it resources a lot of people don't know this but when you go to a government agency a lot of times you think that the people who work there are government employees don't you yeah yep that's not true there's a large percentage that private companies supply the people to be staff augmented to them i didn't even know that nobody knows that <laughs> i did not know that nobody so this is this is really interesting man so let me i'm trying to think of a way to ask this question because i know the listeners they want to so when you get a 30 million dollar government contract like how does do you just because it's your is your company so did you split the you split it with your employees or how does that work all right so let's say we got this 30 million dollar contract right? right now are we going to spend all 30 million dollars on it we hope we hope so but sometime it doesn't happen that way you may you may spend only 26 million but who's you know who's upset about that right so let's say um um they need a help desk person okay so we know per the market that a help desk person that's probably got two years experience depending on where they live at i can pay them 20 dollars an hour right and they're happy 20 dollars an hour you know they're getting their benefits you know they're getting a salary they're happy but what I'm gonna charge the government, I'm gonna build a government $50 an hour. So that person is getting their $20 an hour, right? I gotta pay for extra benefits and all this <clears throat> other stuff, paid time off, right? Paid time. Uh, uh, payroll insurance, unemployment insurance, there's a bunch of things that is wrapped up in that rate, right? So it's gonna cost me to help the government about $29 an hour, okay? It's gonna cost me. So I'm paying this person 20 to do the job. I got all these additional expenses to have that person on a job. So that's additional $9 an hour. So now what I do is that I got me a profit margin of $21 an hour. So there's, there's 2,080 work hours in a year. So if you take 21 and you times that by 2000, 2,080, I mean, bill, I mean, yeah, work hours in a year, 2080, that's what I'm profiting for the year off of that one position. Off of one position? Off of one. Get y'all calculators in the mouth on that. <laughs> so, like, let's talk about this for the for the uh, people that's listening that may not be vets or have any, like, government affiliation connections. Like, can anybody become a government contractor? Any and everybody can become a government contractor, including even if you have a criminal record. Um, now you're going to be limited on who you can do business with, but I mean, there's 
there's 50,000 plus government agencies across the United States of America. You know, we're talking about everywhere, some that you don't even know exist, you know, right here in your backyard. Um, so anybody can do business with the government. You don't need to have experience. You don't need to have money saved. Anybody can literally build a company and do business with the government. So how, how does someone um, get started on this journey where they could be a government contractor? Do they, do they need degrees? No. Nope. Don't need a college degree to get started with the government. Matter of fact, the majority of people who own government contracting firms don't have college degrees because everything's about a need. Um, it's like somewhat of you kind of being a broker to the government. Does that make a little that bit like, like you being a broker, right? So uh -huh. the government, that makes sense. you know, they, they'll, they'll publish, they'll, they'll, they'll put something out on the market and they'll say, okay, cool. We need, we need 85 cameras for our agency. You see it and you're like, cool, you need 85 cameras. They tell you exactly what type of camera that 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 they need, right? So they we need a Sony, whatever kind of camera they need, right? So you go to the supplier and you say, hey, I need 85 of these cameras. But I also need a line of credit because I have somebody who's going to buy it, okay? Now they say the cameras are $100 a piece. And I'm just speaking, you know, some typical numbers here. But the cameras are $100 a piece. You say, cool, supplier. Hey, I want to buy 85, give me a discount. So now you get them for 80. Now you go back to the government and you say, cool, I got these cameras. They're 115 a piece. And they gonna buy it because they got the money. They buy it because number one, they got a need. If they put it out there on the street, they, they need they it. They need it, right? right? So they buy for 115. Look how much money you made off of each camera. Talk about, because I know a lot of people, this confuses a lot of people. They, they say, why don't the government just do this themselves? You know, I know you probably hear that a lot. So break that down. Like, why don't the government do these things themselves? Well, the government, they don't have in-house resources to do any uh, yeah. of this acquisitions and procurement and buying stuff. Right. Plus, it's by law and by policy in certain different states and, and counties and cities and federal government that a lot of that money has to get pushed back out to small businesses. Right. Yeah. So, you know, when we pay our taxes, all that money goes up to the government. And the government has an operating budget of a trillion something plus dollars that they got to, you know, help to operate the country. But then they have to set aside 800 billion, or almost a trillion dollars to spend money with, with, with the private industry. Right. Because if if I'm helping these these companies create jobs, I'm creating more tax paying people. Yep. And so now when you pay taxes as an employee, that money comes right back up. Back. Right. I don't. I don't like saying this, but sometimes I say it's like the government washing money. Mm, that's the, that's a very interesting way to put. it. I never looked at it that way, but when you think about it, that makes sense. Putting it that way, it is a way of like washing it's, money. Yeah, because you get some of these company companies out here, they're doing billion dollar contracts. Or, you yeah, two hundred k, twenty five million, fifty million. I mean, a lot of companies that you have no idea exist are multi-billion dollar firms and their customers only the government. Man, I remember at my, at my base, I worked there, I remember somebody got a contract. It was a $10 million a year contract to pick up the garb, for pick, to pick up the trash from my base. Ooh, you, 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 you saying something really cool, right? Just think about when you were deployed, all those civilians that were there. So many. Now those contracts in the war zone, they're quadruple. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I was there with people that was there for 10 years that didn't go back home. I'm like, damn, how much money you got? You ain't spending nothing. Nothing. I remember my guy, when I was in, I was in uh, Camp Liberty, Iraq, over there by uh, uh, Baya, Baghdad International Airport. And the, the trash guy, he used to be on, you remember the Gators? Mm -hmm. He was on the Gator, right? He came and picked up our trash. And I was like, hey, man, how much you make a year? He was like, my base is 95, but hazard duty and everything else, he said, I make 165. And you got to remember your hazard duty was non-taxable. So he yep. was only getting taxed on the 90 something, but everything else was just surplus. And I said, this, you not going out on missions. You ain't got to wear no armor. You don't have no weapon. And you making triple what I'm making. Yo, yeah. it's crazy because there's so many people still to this day, especially in our community, that's still like not, I don't want to say hip to this information, but just not understand how much value there is in government contracting fear fear what do you think fear of what the word government i agree you know that's the first word you hear is government you like i don't want nothing to do with that right because 
Number one, it's the government. Number two, I ain't trying to mess up anything, and then I go to jail. Yeah, but it don't. Jail. But it don't work that way. You're right, bro. Because yeah. before I went to the military, I thought that was that was the way I thought about anything government related. It was like government. No, I'm cool. That's that's some, that's exactly. I'm, I'm good. But but on the flip side about it, it's like you know people who work at the government. They're everybody. They're just normal people, right? Normal. Ass and people. they have things to come across their desk, and they're like, okay, cool. I need somebody who can come clean the building. We're trying to get something built. Uh, we're trying to get printers in here. We need carpet replaced. We need walls painted. It's 100% normal. The average day citizen literally can literally build a business and just supply because they have a need. They don't care about where you come from. They just want to make sure that their need is met because I have a job and I got these things in front of me and, and you know the agency that I work for, they're saying I need this. So my job is I got to go out to the market <clears throat> and find it. And all you got to do is just present the best proposal and almost sometimes the best price, and you win. You win. All right? I want to give the people a look, an idea on what, what it looks like to be a government contractor or just uh, work someone working with the government. So with that being said, um, give us an average day for you, Fox. What does the average day for you look like? So typical day for me, somebody who runs a uh, – Sure, we have multiple companies now, uh, but one of the biggest things that we that we do in my company, Black Fox, is that we're always uh, uh, pulling on our on our active contracts. We're always trying to you know pull money off of those, but then we're we're scanning the market looking for new opportunities. So, for example, um, if I'm trying to do business with a federal agency, all I'm doing is going to Sam.gov, uh, Fed uh, FedConnect.net, or Unison Global. And I'm trying to figure out what are some of their needs are like um, they may have they may put out on the market and say, hey, I need somebody who can come do carpet. Now that we don't do stuff like that, we do uh, more IT related type of work. But, you know, we're, we're scanning the market looking for that. Then um, once we've been awarded a contract, now we're trying to find out who can actually facilitate on the contract. So Break that down. so if I know I have a contract for a half a million dollars. My goal is to try to get somebody who can facilitate on the contract for about two to three hundred K. Right. So now I know in the United States of America that my job <coughs> is to capitalize off of that contract. Yo, that's this is this is like this is so dope to me because like I said, I know firsthand how if you're a government contractor, you could really you could really like make some like some real, real money. Like what's the biggest What's the biggest contract you've seen? And my my own person, like just period. Not it might not have been you that got it. Somebody you know, anybody. Oh, the largest contract I've ever seen <clears throat> was Microsoft, uh, that two billion dollar DoD contract for uh, for cloud services. Two billion. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's see, but all like people really. I think people really got like got to understand like the, when it comes to the government, this money that they have, they have to spend it. Like, I remember being in every well, what's the fiscal quarter. We have to go. We to about the, to end right now. We have to spend this money on stuff we don't even need. Listen, I made a post on IG and I was like, <clears throat> I said, we got two hundred fifty million dollars right now that's due in the next forty days that we got to like respond to, and I'm stressed a little bit, you know, because it's like. You know, you're trying to get 20 plus opportunities in the pipeline because right now the government's in uh and we call it the um, the dump. You know, they have to spend that money. They got to. And if they report that money back up, then they're going to reduce their funding reduce for the next funding. physical year. And they don't yeah. they don't like doing that. Nope. So talk about the process for getting uh, 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 all the way through for getting the contract. Like, what's that process like? Well, let's start from the beginning, right? So a lot of people, there, there's some misconceptions out there about, you know, how to become qualified to do business with the government, right? So if you want to do business with the federal government, you have to have an active 
uh, profile slash registration in the systems for award management. They call it SAM.gov, right? Okay. Which is a very simplified process. It's, it's simplified, it's free, Okay, you know, um, but you have to make sure that you have an active registration. If you don't, then you will be disqualified. Do you need a business to have an active registration? You gotta have okay. a business, right? Okay. So you gotta have a, um, a registered business. You had to have your uh, federal employee identification number because okay. in order for you to get certified in SAMS, they're gonna they're gonna run a um, they call it a ten test right to make or verify that you are uh, you do have an FEIN. Um, that's it. You don't need a website just yet, but it's preferably that you do have a website because you still got to market your company. Um, what else? Uh, and that's just only for the federal side. If you want to do business with only state and local, which there are a lot of companies, that's all they do is state and local. I'm telling you, there's probably some companies right here in Dallas. They probably own Dallas because they do business with all the government agencies around here. You don't need to have a, a active system award management, but you do got to have a registered in your state. You got to have an FEIN. And some of them require that you have a Dun and Bradstreet number, okay. a Dun's number too. Um, you don't have to have a Dun and Bradstreet number to do business with the federal, but on local and state, some, some of them do require that you have that. Very simple. That's it. Just those it. things. And now, you know, when you see opportunities out there, you just respond. You to just them. respond. That's it. And, and sometimes it's one pagers. We want to contract with a state agency uh, in Maryland. It's the Maryland Department of Treasury now. It used to be called Maryland 529. Literally, it came out on a Tuesday. It was a one pager. That's it. All they want to know is how much it's going to cost. All right, one pager. Fill the one pager out, get it back to them. Week later, they sent us an award letter in the mail. I mean, in the email, and said you've been awarded this contract. That's crazy. Fifty grand. But talk about like um, how because some people might they be they may be under the, the conception that these are very specific. Like like not knowing. I'm gonna put it this way: not knowing that there's government contracts for everything. Almost like pretty much anything you can think of, there's a government contract for it. Everything. Yeah everything the fun the craziest thing i've ever seen was the government was looking for a catholic priest a catholic priest catholic priest they were willing to pay up to 200k for a catholic priest a year yo i remember kevin telling me how they was they awarded someone like a eighty thousand a month to post on tiktok not tiktok because tiktok is banned uh uh social media so they call it, so they don't call it social media management. They call it digital marketing, right? So one of my mentees, he has three contracts and that's all he does for uh, some agencies out in California. He just manages their digital media. So he manages their website and all their social media profiles and he charges them 20 grand a month. That's wild. And then their ad spam budget, they give it to him to run ads but he charges them about 20 grand a month just to just to manage talk this this is unbelievable talk about some of the challenges though like what are some of the challenges as a government contractor um i think some of the challenges are is that you can't win everything all right you can't win everything um sometime you may get awarded a contract but that contract may not start for months sometime maybe a year Right. Or you may win a contract, but there's no money coming off of it. Right. So there are I, I call them I call them live dead contract because there's some contracts out there you can win, but the government will only pull from it if they it's like an as needed contract. So it's like um, we may need an accountant from time to time. Right. So you win a contract and you're like, great, we got the contract. Six months later, you're like, hey. Y'all need anything off the contract? Nope. So that's a dead contract right there. They may come back nine months later and say, oh, we finally need somebody. So for nine months, I got this you know, $800,000 contract, but I have an invoice on it. What? Yeah, I have an invoice because I don't, there's no activity on it, right? So we call those uh, purchase orders or purchase agreements to where you got a 800K contract budgeted but the government is not spending on that contract just yet. That's that's crazy. So knowing everything you know now, if you had to go back in time to 24, 25-year-old Fox, what would you do with this information that you have now? 
If you was, let's say you were, you were young, 24, 25, broke, male, no kids, and you know everything you don't know, what would you do? Oh, Number one, I would start a software development IT company. Now you don't need background in this at all. I will start a software development AI automation company. Why? The reason being because if you can simplify processes with the government, you're gold to them. You gotta remember, and I don't wanna use this word, but majority of people in the workforce are lazy. In the workforce? Yeah, are lazy, right? You yep. know, some people want stuff easy. They want things simplified. So if you can, you know, help help organizations automate, make their job easier to the where they can they can still get paid but work less on a job, shoot, you will be a multi-trillionaire work for the government. Um, the other thing that I would do is that I would it's a hard question because I really don't have no, I don't have no no regrets. But the one thing that I would do, knowing this knowledge at that age, is that I would partner with a whole bunch of other companies as well and kind of form like a like a super team. What do you mean, by that? So, like for example, right? I know I'm in IT. You're in podcasting. You know, investing in all that yep. stuff. And I'm like, listen, let's partner. We're gonna go after this customer, Department of Defense, and. We're going to talk about some investing and stuff. I'm going to bring in the IT component. We're going to tie it together. We're going to sell them something to where maybe like a learning management system to where now people can take online courses to learn about all these investment, all these investment vehicles. So you would go straight into that as a young person, knowing what you know now? Hell yes. Yes, because now, and it, you probably wouldn't make money like big in the beginning, but as it builds momentum, oh, that's gold right there, right? Because you get people, how many people you think get out the military a day? A day? Thousands. Thousands, right? Yeah. Thousands. Thousands going in, thousands, thousands going coming in, thousands out. Going out. Right? Mm -hmm. So if you can put that in front of somebody who know that they're leaving, they have, you know, they're either getting medically discharged, kicked out, or they're just leaving on their own, you put that information in front of them, you just solved a massive, massive, massive hole and the transition period for soldiers. I got you thinking, Donna. You see, you see, you see, I'm over here, I'm over here, I'm thinking about, yeah, I, uh, man, so talk, I want to talk about, cause um, it's a lot of vets tell us to the show, they tap in, like talk about the transition phase, like for the people that's listening, they thinking about getting out and they, they might be scared, it might be the people at the job saying like, this is gonna be the worst decision of your life. Like give, I want you to give them some some insight or, or your opinion on like, that transition from being active duty to now being out on your own, figuring it out. Like, what's your piece of advice for that person? Um, I tell people nowadays that the fear is real. It's okay to have a little bit of fear. You know, it is. It's okay to have a little bit of fear, um, but the opportunities are endless. You know, mm. if you just if you decide to transition out the military or you want to transition out the military, the biggest thing that you can do is is write down your goals. Right. Write down what you want to do or where you want to go. That's the biggest thing. Number two, um, go ahead and start a company. Just go ahead. Get your company registered. Make sure you got a really good name. Um, go ahead and get your company registered in Sis World War Management. It's just, and this is all free stuff, you know, besides registering with your state. You know, get your company established. You may not know what you want to do, but get that started, right? At least that's the foundational stages that you can do. And then the third thing is, you know, get you a mentor. Find you a mentor right now. Somebody who is probably doing well, you know, whatever, whatever market or get you multiple mentors in, in several different markets. So that way they can help you draft your roadmap to the destination that you want to get to. Now, when it comes to government contracting, um, the biggest thing about government contracting is that if you're on a military installation right now, you need to pay attention to what's going on in that military installation. Facts. Pay attention to what's going on. You got people who work at the outprocess in place. Those are contractors. Yeah. Some of those are employees, but some of those are contractors. You got public works. You know, somebody got to run the base, got to make sure that the roofs are good on the buildings, that the water, are, I mean, those are contracts too. You got people who, who work in a dining facility, yep. right? Those are contracts. You got people who are assisting at the gym. Those are contracts. I mean, I can go down the list of all the service support contracts that are on a military installation. 
And what and the other thing too is that H Base has a uh, what do they call them now? They have like a um, they're 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 the battalion. They have a whole battalion on each base. They're in charge of the the buying, the, the acquisitions and procurement process on a military installation. I forgot what they used to call it, but there's a battalion on there. Those are the people that you need to make friends with. Why is that? Because those are where the contracting officers are at on the military installation. They got a whole battalion. Right. And the crazy part about it is like being in the military, you don't even realize how much power you have and how much access to information you don't. that you have. I didn't realize until I got out. Because you just like, I'm in a, I got a job to do. Yep. I'm going to do my job because that's what they told me to do. But you have no idea how much information and access you have. That's so at this point, how many government contractor companies do you have? We have three. We have three. Mm -hmm. and what industries? So uh, my wife's company um, focuses on accounting. Uh, my company, Black Fox, it focuses on cybersecurity, business continuity, and disaster recovery IT, and some program management stuff. And then I have a company called GovCon Blueprint Education and Training. And you, you only work with the government? Black Fox, we have, we, we've had some private sector contracts before because I don't like to be I don't like to say I have a government contracting company. We have a business that, okay. you know, the government is one of its primary customers. Um, but, you know, we prefer the government be our customer because they just pay early. Mm -hmm. the, the one thing I learned about the government is that when you work in a government, you don't have an emotional attachment to the money. What do you mean by that? It's not yours. Think about this, right? You work, you, you have a job. Your job is to do what? Your job is to make sure that you're buying stuff. Um, when it's your money in your own pocket, you like, nah, I got to make sure that I go find the best person that could do this because I'm not trying to spend this money. The government, Facts. they're like, listen, I got a job to do. I got this budget. I just need somebody who can do it so I can move on. I'm trying to join my four-day weekend. <laughs> it's literally. That's, man, I got, I, got, I got so much stuff I want to ask you, man. So what's the, what do you think is the benefit of working with the government compared to working with non-government entities. Do you think that has benefited you as an entrepreneur, as a business person? Yeah, most definitely. It's benefited me uh, because you start to learn how the government moves, right? I'm not into politics, but I understand policy. But why is that important? It's important because they're the decision makers. What I mean by decision makers is that when you know where the decision makers are, you know where the money's coming from, right? Bingo. And money comes from the government. Let's just be Bingo. open and honest. Yep. So it's like I'm subscribed to the White House and the Department of Defense. So every day I get three to four emails from them every evening, and they're giving me the game plan. They're telling me, oh, we just signed this policy to do X, Y, and Z. So when I see that, I see, oh, you just signed this policy to execute X, Y, and Z. You're going to need private industry, private corporations to come in or private companies to come in and help you uh, get to this goal and objective that you're trying to get. So a signed policy, meaning that you got funding. And then that's, that's, that's it right there. The biggest thing I can tell people to like get started and learn about how to how to follow the money is that you have a local government, right? You can go to your uh, city, wherever you live in, and they hold monthly meetings. It's open to the public and you can listen in on these meetings and they're telling you where the money's going. All the tax dollars coming yep. to that jurisdiction, they tell you where the money's going. Oh, we had to go buy this. Oh, we had to go buy that. Oh, we had to go do this. We awarded contract this company. Same thing with your county. Your county has board of commissioners or you have repre representatives that represent whatever district you live in and they're in charge of the money as well. So follow the money. I know like like you said, like we spoke on earlier, a lot of people, especially within our community, we have a, a kind of skewed mentality when it comes to working with government. But something I like to say is like, it's a lot of people already working for the government. Whether you work at the you work, when you work at the post office, you working for the government. Working for the government. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So it's like postal. If you were, um, let me think. DMV. D 
the Motor Vehicle Administration. You work at the City Hall. You work at the Water Authority. You know, the only These one is not jobs. only one is not government is utility company. You know, we all understand why energy is is segmented. Yeah. But outside of that, I mean, every if you look at everything it takes to operate operate a country or your city or just your household, right? There's a government agency because government means govern. They're just governing the resources to make sure people have it. One of the hidden ones is the housing authority. Mm. You know, people don't even know this, but Section Eight is a government contract. If you got a real estate, it is. Property, when you think you have about a real it. estate property in the Section Eight program, that's a government contract. It is. I never looked at it that way. Yep, because you have a contract with that government. with that housing authority, <clears throat> and then they pay who? That's crazy. They pay you. They pay you. All right. That is. That's literally what it is. It's a government contract. I know you talked about how to make millions from subcontracting. I'm saying you talk about. So I want you to go in on that a little bit. So some people who are trying to go after like bigger contracts, they may not have the confidence or the past performance or a few other different things. You can actually be a subcontractor to bigger contractors. Microsoft got a $2 billion contract, right? Why not pick up the phone or send them an email or figure out who's in charge of that and say, hey, you need some help? I, I can provide X, Y, and Z, right? They can say, bet, here's a half a million dollar contract for you. Now you just made a half a million dollars and you didn't have to do what? You just picked up the phone and made a phone call. So a lot of times you can leverage uh, the small business programs. You know, there's some small business programs out there called a minority business enterprise. There's one for veterans. There's one for women. There's one for uh, 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 if, you're, if you're considered to be disadvantaged, there is a program out there for you. So you can leverage those because some contracts by law, by state law, they're obligated for a certain percentage to go towards those different demographics. That's crazy. And I, that's another thing that I don't think people know. They don't. All right. Or they, or they heard of it, but they just scared or like, man, that's still the government. I ain't trying to mess the government. I've had it in the past to where companies will call me because we were a veteran on small business. Matter of fact, I'm working on an opportunity right now to where a guy called me and said, hey, we got this con. We're going after this contract. It's ten million, but fifteen uh, percent has to go to a veteran-owned small business. Veteran small business, right? I need you to fill out this form, fill this out, and you get a fifteen percent cut of the ten million. What is your thought? What is your thoughts and opinions on? Because you joined the military, what two thousand? Eighteen so, years old. So, what is what is your thoughts and opinions on for young people that's joining the military today? Um, you know, it's different. You know, that was 20 years ago, you know, military. I mean, you know, the world's different, right? Through innovation. You know, if you're joining today, um, you know, the biggest thing that you can do, honestly, is it's kind of hard because people got a different mindset at 18 when they come in. You know, you're not thinking about, oh, I'm going to get into entrepreneurship or I'm thinking about government contracting. You're like, listen, I'm trying to go to PT, play these video games yeah. and, and do my thing. But if you are watching this and you're 18, I say, you know, write a plan down and say, you know, where you want to be in the future, you know, how much money you want to make. And now you can start to open your eyes up to see what's going on around you, especially on military installations. I think military installations, they're just a gold mine. Every single last one. I agree for the most part. But this is something I didn't realize until I got out, out the military installation. Which most people don't, because you're you 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 go in, and you're trained to do what? Follow orders. That's it. Not looking around you. You're not trying to look around to see like where resources are around you. Who can you can talk to? Who you can learn something from. What what you can do? You're not trained to see things that way. You know, every military installation has a hospital. Everyone. Or, think, a or or a clinic. Or a clinic. But think about all those medical supplies that they buy. That's something you don't. You just don't think about why you in. Don't even think about it, right? No, you don't. They need beds. They need bed sheets. They need all these needles. They need. I mean, you can be a supplier and make a really good money. And I'm, not, I'm not saying that you ha you're going to be making twenty million, but if you don't want you can that, make good money. yeah, if you don't want that level, which you know, once you start making a lot of money, I mean, it, it gets a little bit challenging after that. But let's say you want to you want to be in a place where you're like, listen, I don't need all that. I just want to make a half million dollars a year. I get the pocket 400k 
like you literally can do that right where you're at in your local government. When you um, when you knew you was getting out and you had that year left, was you already like processing your stuff and start starting your business? No, not at all. When I got out the, when I got out the military, I had told myself I would never be an entrepreneur. What? Yep, I had no entrepreneurship. It's funny because I was always a good leader in the military, but I just never had a. I never I never saw it growing up. You know, I never saw only entrepreneurs I saw growing up were drug dealers, and I didn't want to take that route. So I never saw it until I didn't become an entrepreneur until 2016 or had the mindset when I just wanted to take my kids to school. You wanted that free time. To That's it. I'm like, why am I dropping my kids off early in the morning to daycare just so I can go spend an hour in traffic to go to work when I can just take them to school and pick them up and spend that time with them? And so I actually became a real estate agent. Um, in 2016 and a general contractor because I was like I got to go find something different and that's a long story for another day um, but you know that was kind of like my introduction to entrepreneurship and then you know once I kind of understood a few different things that's when I was like yeah I'm gonna go work back at the federal government I worked at FEMA and then got out and then I started Black Fox hmm. what's your biggest regret since getting out I don't I don't think about regrets I don't think about regrets but um, I wish I would have got out earlier everybody say that because <laughs> I was sold on 20 and then one day I jumped out of a plane and I landed and my body was like yeah it's probably time to hang this up really yeah I was I was I was hurting and I was like yeah this is I can't do this anymore because I didn't even know you could medically retire Never heard of it. Me neither until the, until the process started. Yeah, never, never, never heard of it. But damn, I wish I would have medically retired 10 years earlier. <laughs> man, I, I ain't know nothing about medical retirement. And I wasn't even going to do it. My supervisor, man, shout out to my supervisor, Dana, man. He he, the one that, like, encouraged me to do it. He was like, no, nah, do it. Like, if you're going to get out. Because I'm like, man, I'm getting out, man. I'm not about to be waiting no one to two years for this yeah. shit. I'm like, I'm getting out. He like, no, 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 no. You don't understand, like, do this. This is going to help you years down the line when you out as a veteran, mm -hmm. knowing that you're a, re a retiree, just not somebody that was in and got out. And I was like, mm, okay, I took his advice and I did it. And I'm, I'm so grateful I did. Because I, I was a hammer. Like, I, I changed up how I spoke. What do you mean? Like, when I was in the military, I spoke, I still spoke hood. I did too. I, I be telling my wife this all the time. She be like, "I don't, I don't, I don't believe you." I'm like, "I did." I too. said, "No." I said, "One day." Well, here's one thing that changed me too. I did too. So, you know, in the army, right? I had all, I had all these badges, all these ribbons. You know, I'm sapper, airborne. I'm like, you know, chest all poked up. I'm walking. One day, I'm walking by the the education center. I'm walking by the education center, and this guy was like, "What's up, high speed?" And I was like, what do you mean? I'm a, I'm a staff sergeant, E6. I said, what are you talking about? He said, what's up? And he looked at me and he said, how much college do you have? I was like, college? I don't have no college. And he said, oh, you ain't nothing but a highly trained high school graduate. Woke me up. And I it hit me. And I was like, I sat in my car and I sat there for a while. And I got back out of my car and I actually went into the education center. I signed up for college courses. Why did it, why, why did it hit you so hard? Because at that time I was about 27. It's about 27 years old. And I remember telling my grandmother, my, you know, my, you know, you know, bless her heart. But I remember her, one of her things is that she wanted me to go to college. You know? And so like at that moment, I'm like, okay, I got time. I'm BSing. So I went in and I rode for my associates, got my associates. Then, you know, once you get that, that, that first taste of blood, I was like, cool. Then I got my undergraduate degree and one of my, one of my professors, cause I was taking classes on post. One of my professors was like, why do you talk like that? I said, what do you mean? He was like, he, he was a black guy too. He said, why do you talk like that? You talk like, like you steal from the streets. I said, what do you mean, man? You know what I'm saying? He said, nah, man, you need to change what, you know, change how you talk, change, you know, change, just change things about you to make yourself more presentable, make more yourself presentable. more attractable. Yep. And I said, okay, cool. So I started watching people, how they spoke, 
you know, you know, successful people. And then I said, you know, you're right. I need to stop cursing. I need to stop using, you know, profane language. And yep. then I just changed. And then once I got my undergraduate degree, I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and get this MBA. I'm on. It's it's free anyway. Yep. You know they paying for it. Yeah. You know, so that's when that when they when they told me I can medically retire, I was like, yeah, I'm out. Damn. And that's something that I'm like I still I still curse from time to time. I try to slow down though because I I learned like the same thing. Like when I was in, I was I'm from Chicago, so I still had that street vernacular, but mm -hmm. all the time. Until, you know, when I start getting that business mindset, it's the same thing. I was like, I got to be more, I got to be more uh, marketable. I got to be more adaptable. You know what I'm saying? Like, every room I go into, people are not going to speak like this. And I, I know some people circumvent to conversations like this because it's like they use the term selling out. You know what I'm saying? Not not being real, not keeping it real. When it's not, it's like, that's not what it is at all. At the end of the day, when you're in business, you have to adapt to your environments. And that's something that the military taught me. The military taught me how to adapt to any kind of environment. Going up in Chicago, I knew one environment. Outside that environment, I didn't know. Like, that's why my first couple of years in the military was such a struggle for me because I didn't know how to adapt. And around these new different people, different mm -hmm. races and all that, I really didn't know how to adapt to it. And it took me years to learn, like, okay, I gotta not say I got a cold switch. I still be myself, but I could be myself in in a in a, a better in a, a better better version a of better yourself. version yeah. of myself right just because not you have kids you know you there you go kids you got a family and and it, and I think you know I was in a group chat and I left the group chat like yesterday because one of my biggest things was like y'all need to stop saying the n word mm. you know that's that's my biggest thing over the past couple of years is that I'm not going to use that word because I can't say that I'm for you know my community i want to empower my community but at the same time i'm going to degrade my community so Damn. i'm a type of person to where i can cold turkey quick so i was like nope i'm not gonna say it no more i'm just gonna stop so when you around me i'm like listen you know you said i'm like listen i i don't do that you know i, I don't like to talk to my people like that so because it's like calling our women I don't like when people call our women the B word. The B -word. I'm like, nah, we're not gonna do that. You know, it's like it's like you setting a standard, right? Yeah, you, you gotta, gotta set, the, set standard. the standard quick. And so I had said in the group chat, like, listen, I, let's not use that word. You know, it, it's all black men in, in the group chat. I'm like, listen, none of y'all are like that. Everybody's professional. Y'all are fathers. Y'all are this. Let's stop doing that. All right, okay, cool. I hear you. No problem. Next thing you know, nah, nah, nah. and I was like, all right, cool. I'm out. What do you say to people that say? I'm using it as a term of endearment. As it's, a term that, of endearment. That, 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 that's, that's counterproductive. And why is that? Because that word was constructed to do what? To say you're less than human. You were called that to say you're less than human. So now, and, and I remember Ice Cube saying this years ago, like, that's our word now. And I was like, no, nah, that's not my word. Mm. That's not my word. I don't ever want it. Because if, 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 so, if, if a white person call you that word, the first thing you do is do what? Say they're racist. You ready to throw some hands, yep. right? Immediately. Immediately. But how can you say somebody who's my brother, who I look out for, that I, I want you to be better, how can I look at you in the eyes and call you something, call you a word that's saying you're less than human? Damn. And if an Asian white person or somebody else say that to you, you ready to fight? Yeah. That's confusing to me. How about we just don't say it at all? Damn. That's really interesting because at this point, Especially depending on where you come from, it's, it's become a part of all our vernacular. Like I probably say it, I probably say it fifty times a day, right? Just because, being, just being real because it's ingrained in you. This all ingrained this, we, this, in you. Been saying this my whole life, but so, but you make a good point. It's like I understand completely. I can understand completely what you mean because words do have meanings and they have meanings. That's a simple way to put it. And you gotta, you do have to have to set a standard for yourself. Especially like now since I got a child, my my thought process on everything is different. Yeah, you, you, know got, you got a son. Do you want somebody to call your son that? Right. You, know, my you daughter? have a daughter. You want somebody to call your daughter that? That's how I look at things. I'm Me like, too. look at that. I don't want nobody to call that to my wife. I, you know, uh uh, we don't need to do that. So if you saying that we're empowering each other, let's empower each other. Let's start here. But this is why in our community, that back in the 1950s. You know, we 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 had we were responsible for one percent of the wealth in America. In twenty twenty three, guess what that percentage is now? 
We got all the, the toys and the whistles and we got all the glamour stuff, but nothing's gone up because we're still here, right? Because we look at each other like, oh, you a bad B, you this, da, da, da. Nah, that's not me. <coughs> Yo, you, you bringing up some, 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 good, some good points. And my, my last thing I want to touch on before we wrap up is best piece of advice for anybody that's listening that want to become a government contractor, or they want to get their life started and rolling to the to the to the point of success. What's your best piece of actionable advice for they could take today and get the ball rolling? Um, write down your goals. Write them down. Right. You said that multiple times. Don't even put important. goals down. Just put on a piece of paper. What do I want? What do I want? All right. You got to tell God. Don't don't type it. Don't put it in your phone. Mm. Write it down on a piece of paper and tell God what do you want? What do I want? Do I want the fam? Like, what do you want? That's that's step number one. Number two, you got to get a mentor. You have to. I'm sorry. You got to get with some people and mentor. If you're an introvert like myself, you know, there's some ways that you can get mentorship via virtual. I mean, that's the, the time we live in, you know, or get into a program. One thing I do, I have a GovCon Blueprint community. So if you go to the link in my bio um, on, on Instagram or you can go to TikTok or, or YouTube, I have a, a government contracted community where we have an abundance of resources that you can use. I actually have a free course called GovCon Blueprint Foundation. It's free, open to the public, so you can use that. Mm. We have an ebook. We have all type of different things that you can take advantage of to get there, right? I'm gonna put that link in the show notes too. Yep. So mentorship is the way. It is the express way. It is the cheat code for you to get there, right? Now, I'm pretty sure y'all have heard this a thousand times, but get you a mentor. Don't try to do it on your own, right? It's, it's just, it's gonna take you a long time to get there. You're gonna get there, but you're gonna be bruised up versus getting somebody that can tell you no turn left turn right don't go up there because there's, a, there's a, a wild dog up the alley all right so you want to make sure that you have those things in place absolutely so also before we wrap up let the people know where they could follow you at everything you got going on let them know so you can follow me on uh, instagram at fox underscore wade that's instagram at fox underscore wade you can follow me on tiktok on fox underscore wade uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn as well at Marcellus Fox Wade. You can follow me on Facebook at Fox Wade. Um, all social media platforms, you can follow me at Fox Wade. It's either Fox Wade or Fox underscore Wade. Um, you can come to our website, which is win, that's W-I-N dot govcom blueprint dot com. Um, you can also uh, uh, check out our company, Black Fox, at www.blackfoxgroup.com. On my Instagram, I'm always dropping free game, free game for people to consume out there. A lot of people have hit me up in my DM. It's telling me how many contracts they've won just by following me on these social media platforms. So, listen, there's so much money out here in government contracting. We're talking about trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. That's for you. So if you have a criminal record, if you have no money, you have no experience, if you have all these no's, there's a contract for you out there, right? So there's a yes, there's a contract for you to be a yes. <laughs> exactly. And I want to say I appreciate you, man. And also that link, those links will be in the show notes. So if you want to start off your journey, you want to look into this, become a government contractor, you want to, you want, you want Fox to mentor you, whatever it is, that link is going to be in the show notes so you get that journey started today. And I want to say I appreciate you flying out and getting this done because we've been talking about this for, <laughs> a man, months. we've been talking about this for a while. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm extremely excited and grateful for, to finally get this done and make it happen. And I know the listeners, they're going to love it. And wrapping up, you guys can follow me on all platforms. I'm at the official Xavier Miller and I'm at Millionaire Mindsets. That's on all platforms, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. You can find me. And that's all I have for you on this episode of Millionaire Mindsets. See you guys next episode. So, peace. You gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouching. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant.